Appointment Ministries Podcast Network. Strength for today's pastor. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Strength for Today's Pastor, a resource designed to strengthen you, the senior or lead pastor of your church. Here's your host, Bill Holdridge. Bill is the director of Poiman Ministries, which is a team of former longtime senior pastors who are available to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches. Welcome to today's broadcast of Strength for Today's Pastor. I am Bill Holdridge, your host, and with me is Pastor Brian Newberry. We spoke yesterday on the subject of why the youth, why the young people are leaving the church, but we didn't linger on the question part of it. We more went into the direction of what can be done about it. And there were two things that Pastor Brian had to say that I think were very, very helpful. Number one has to do with the style of our delivery of truth. We teach the Bible. We want to give accurate and poignant and biblical sermons. But how we deliver the Bible messages is going to be key in reaching the next generation. And Colossians 4, 6 is the passage of Scripture that was referred to several times in our talk yesterday. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And that's the way Jesus engaged with people. That's the way we're going to need to engage with the next generation if we're going to reach them successfully because they, they are going to coil from, they're going to, they're going to have a reaction, a visceral reaction against the kind of dogmatism and just from the hip comments that, that can be damaging to them but weren't so damaging years and years ago when we start, first started out in ministry. And then the second point that was made as we talked was that this generation that we're trying to reach is really seeking with their heart meaningful connections, but they don't really know how to go about it. And we can provide opportunities and environments for them to establish meaningful connections just in the context of a simple gathering of believers at a church. So to get the summary of those kinds of concepts, you could listen to yesterday's podcast very helpful, but we're going to continue the subject. Uh, what about reaching the next generation and the youth? And again, welcome, Pastor Brian. We're so glad you're with us and look forward to hearing what the Lord's laid on your heart for today. Well, thank you, Bill, and I'm glad to be here once again. Yes, on this uh, question, I, I think that there has to be some changes made that are hard for the church. And I, I think that I think back at our parents' generation. When we were leaving the mainline denominational churches and we couldn't see wearing a suit and tie to church and hearing hymns played with the organ. And, but yet we really were seeking the truth. We really did want to know what God had to say. And so it's just like with our last generation, with our parents, um, we just said that our, our friends won't come to a church where they have to wear a suit and tie and they you know, sing the hymns with an organ. It's just not something that is going to draw them or they're going to tolerate. And uh, we really want to know the truth. My friends really want to know the truth. And our parents look at it going, you're asking us to change so much of what's meaningful to us to try to accommodate you as the next generation in our mainline denominational church. And uh, we can't see ourselves bending that far. 
And it, it's too bad. They did bend that far. The churches have made that adjustment 30 years too late. Um, but we now are in that same spot. And so uh, the way we go about delivering some, some real uh, sensitive issues to the next generation, we can't be brass about it or just give a one-line uh, blunt statement that is going to offend them and, and saying the church, just like I thought, is not this tolerant, kind, loving, accepting place. They're, they're, they're sort of mean, and you just confirmed that. And of course, if they bring somebody from their university, uh, they, they, that's what they're cringing, hoping that they don't get just blown out of the water saying, I don't want anything to do with the, uh, the church again. And so the, the step is, is that we've got to change. And the senior pastor, it's more work on him to uh, take time to know what he's going to say before he says it. And if he has the, the brass little thought about homosexuality or transgendered or drinking alcohol or whatever the issue might be that they know the next generation uh, is, is trying to understand. Um, they don't necessarily think the Bible's wrong. They just think that the way the church has been saying what the Bible has to say is wrong. And, uh, and they're really asking these questions. So they do want to hear these topics. Um, but we have to go a long ways out of the way to learn these subjects and to work on a gracious presentation. And that's probably one of the first things that the senior pastor needs to do. That's a lot more work on him. I can see that. And thinking about what I'm going to say and planning for it and not uh, taking the liberty of going off on tangents as much, especially when it has to do with, you know, uh, pushing a button inside of our hearts or down deep in our psyche that's going to motivate us to say something that we're going to regret later and is going to be counterproductive to what we're trying to do. Exactly, exactly. The next uh, thing I think that it's hard for the church to do, and uh, that is that you can't wait till after high school to see the youth as adults and start getting them involved in the ministry. High schoolers are busy, busy kids. So you almost have to understand that you've got to start when they're junior hires. That when the graduation day from elementary into junior high happens, there is a clear presentation of saying, we see you as adults and you can do any ministry in this church at 12 or 13 and then help explain and communicate and roll it out to them where they do exactly that. You know, I, I think in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus at his bar mitzvah at 12 years old um, went up there uh, to the feast, and when his parents and, and all the group from Nazareth were heading back, they realized Jesus isn't here. And they searched and searched, and they found him in the temple. And, of course, the, the rabbis were being blown away by Jesus' insights and understandings. And his parents just said, you know, you're 12 years old, and even though in the culture you, you were considered a, a man after bar mitzvah, you're going to come home. And, and they didn't recognize uh, his heart for ministry. He's like, why are you surprised that I'm starting the ministry that the Father has given me? 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's an insight for us because in this generation, if we put kids in Sunday school and they know their Sunday school teachers, we put them in junior high group, they know their junior high pastors, we put them in high school, they know their high school pastors, they actually have had three different congregations, but they've always been with their peers and their pastors have not been the senior pastor of the church. And now we basically kick them out of their church saying you no longer can be a part of the high school church anymore. And now you've got to go into the adult church. You need to see all these people that you've never met before or don't know very well uh, as your peers. And the senior pastor now is your new senior pastor. And, and it's, and we're basically saying, except the new senior pastor, a new congregation, uh, maybe the same songs, but a little presented a little different way, hearing the announcements. Um, and, um, and we want them to accept all of these things and not stumble saying, I'm having a hard time making this new church, my church. And um, they feel it's their parents' church and they find their own identity. They need to, they're going to continue in church. They're going to go somewhere where they're not being overshadowed by their parents and their family. And they want to find their own identity in their own church. And I think this is human. Um, I think it's always happened to a degree, but not in the mass way it is now. We are um, losing almost all of the high school graduates with the exception of very few. And a lot of it, as you're saying, is due to the fact that they're not connected with ministry within and without of the uh, without the church. They haven't learned it, and nobody's taken their calling and their gifting seriously. Exactly. We need to tell these 12, 13-year-old kids, be on the stage and help us with worship. Be an usher. Be a greeter. Go on the mission trips. And, and if they're treated... Um, as adults, and, and, and they may even find that a lot of these young people don't want to go to their high school group or junior group. They want to be in big church where they're ministering. And, uh, but either way, they are in venues where they, they know the senior pastor, they know the adult congregation, and they're slowly evolving that way. And there has to be a mentality in the people not to see these 12-year-old kids like they would a, an 8-year-old kid. And, and dismiss them and, and not take the time to ask them, what did God speak to you today? What's the Lord doing in your life? And treating them as peers. It's a lot of work on our part. And uh, it, it's us having to get out of our comfort zone. But it's absolutely necessary that we start evolving the young people into the main body of the church through ministry, through getting their talents and gifts way before they graduate from high school. So solid. It just takes me back years and years ago, Brian, where I watched as Pastor Chuck, which is our background, yours and mine, we're Calvary Chapel pastors, but where Pastor Chuck took seriously the young generation. And they came to church and they had songs to sing and they had words to share and they had Bible passages that had been ministering to them, and they had ministry to do, and they were the ones that were evangelizing. And it was a big part of the Jesus movement where an adult, in this case Pastor Chuck Smith at 40-plus years old, was taking the next generation seriously, realizing that God had given them something that was from him. 
and something that he very much wanted to use them in real ministry, not just perfunctory ministry, but real ministry that had real kingdom impact. And that's what you're talking about here. This is revolutionary. Yeah. And what I did for the last 25 years of senior pastoring of Calvary Chapel, San Diego, is I had a Timothy group. And it was guys who were in their last two years of high school or their first two years of college in that range. And I tried to keep it around 12 guys. It always ended up being uh, much more than that. But um, I, I would read books with them that they, on issues, some were apologetic, some were the hot topics like transgender, homosexuality. But we'd read these books together and discuss them. It was not something you'd learn at church. They couldn't, they sat through Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Um, that information is not the information I'm going for, trying to teach the first five verses of the Bible. It's, it's on these topics that they are wrestling with and, and then giving them the opportunity to uh, write out uh, a communion message and, and, and let them present that even while they're in high school or give them the opportunity to speak on a Wednesday night through the verses that I'm teaching through out of whatever book I'm teaching through. And uh, I found that these young guys um, at 14, 15, 16, 17 had gifts that were ready to be used to the body. And were they at the maturity level of a 50-year-old pastor? No. But it was still the Word of God is fresh. And, of course, to the people their age and in the younger group, yes, it was 100% right where they were. Uh, things that, as a experienced 50-year-old pastor, I'm missing in my messages. I don't know that, but I, I am not connecting on some really important issues. And so uh, the people in the church know, hey, I'm 15 years old. I might have a chance to preach if I'm called to be a pastor. They, If I'm ready, they want me on the worship team. Um, they're asking me for the third time if I'd like to help usher this Sunday. Um, and they, they see that they're, they're equal and they're serious about seeing them involved in key elements as ministers in the church. So this isn't the senior pastor saying, you know what, we need to reach young people. So I'm going to put a young person up front and maybe that'll draw new young people to come to the church. This is very different than that. This is actually looking at the young people that are coming and realizing that there are resources that God has placed in them and working with them and giving them as many opportunities as they are willing to take in order to put them in real ministry situations. That's the difference. Yeah, and, and, and they clearly understand the, the way to get there, the venue, and they're explained. So at 9, 10, 11 years old, they're being told in their Sunday school classes, hey, some of you guys, when you hit 12 years old, um, can start helping teach Sunday school like I can. You can be my assistant in here. And, and they have that mindset. And then to go to a guy that I'm working with, my Timothy group, and at 17 years old saying, hey, can you start a home Bible study um, in your home? You know, you could show the truth project or you could teach through this book of the Bible and, and, and have a home Bible study. And so... They know it's not like an idea. It's something they actually see, and they have a passion and a vision saying, wow, I can start ministry at 15, 16. I, I can be an instrumental adult in this church. So you're not just giving 
young people an opportunity and allowing them to do legitimate ministry, you're training them toward ministry. You're opening up their minds to the truths of God's Word and how it works in today's culture through these groups that you formed. That's what you're doing. You're being intentional about discipleship. Yeah, and so that's really the next issue. And that is the church in this last generation before the coming of the Lord is being forced to become a discipleship church. It's interesting that Jesus said, go and make, be a disciple and make disciples. And uh, we know that, um, but we, we reduced it down in building church buildings, going to church, starting, uh, you know, academies for the, the, the kids from kindergarten to high school and, and all these other aspects that are good and they're helpful, but they're not hitting the head of what Jesus says, making disciples. And so, yes, you can't have a 15-year-old kid teaching who doesn't know the word. And so the church, the whole culture of the church, and this is where the church has to change. And it's a lot, a lot of work for the pastor and the pastoral staff and the leadership to get discipleship, materials, topics, issues, and that they all know how to do it. So... For example, you can just start with the basic Christian foundation class, an eight-week series on how to read the Bible, how to pray. You get a a 30-year-old guy or a 50-year-old guy in the church uh, talking to a a 15-year-old kid and saying, hey, can you meet with me at Denny's every Thursday morning? I'll pick you up, and we're going to have breakfast, and I want to go through this book with you. Um, or, hey, um, would you start helping me in the eight and nine year old Sunday school class and, and then discipling them on how to use the material the curriculum and how to teach and, and, and bringing them into it? And then, as the church, that every believer would be being discipled and being a discipler. It starts with the senior pastor. He starts discipling the guys to be leaders, taking them through books. We just, uh, went through the book, The Ten Power Principles of uh, Spiritual Leadership by Wearsby. Um, Chuck Swindoll actually just got that reprinted. It was written back in the 80s, powerful book. Uh, and many other books like that. And so you're raising these guys up um, in leadership. And then these leaders are down and they're taking groups of people through the Christian Foundation one-on-one. And these people, after getting it done, are now encouraged to go do it again. Well, I'm only eight weeks in the Lord. I just got through eight weeks. That's okay. Take it and go uh, find a friend and, and, and take them through it. And, uh, but I'm only two months in the Lord. That's fine. Just share what you have. I was blind. Now I see. Share with the message you have. And then the people in the church, they, they know how to disciple for marriage, for raising kids, for anger, for bitterness, forgiveness. Whatever the topics come up, we find a curriculum or we develop one. And, and we, we get it into the hands of the people. And you do this year after year, generation after generation. Believe me, the time these guys are 13, 14, 15 years old, they are solid, mature Christians. So this isn't just the senior pastor hiring a youth pastor saying, okay, you're the one that's going to reach the next generation. This is an investment by the senior pastor personally, by everyone that's on the staff, by anyone within any level of ministry, 
an investment in people to train them in the things of Christianity and in the things of ministry. That's what you're talking about here. Yeah, it's it's clear what discipleship is. It's clear how disciple look, discipleship looks, and it's it's taking them. There's so many good materials now on marriage, raising kids, bitterness, forgiveness, uh, a series on on homosexuality. Um, you know, and and to, and to take them through these things. And, uh, and then I, now I, I have that ability. Okay. I went through the, how to raise my children discipleship, maybe two or three different curriculums. But now I hear this couple struggling and I'm going to them going, Hey, you know, something that really helped me was this discipleship materials on, on raising kids. Um, can I come to me and my wife come over to your house on Thursdays or you guys want to come over to our house? We'll pay for the babysitter and, and let us go through this with you for seven weeks. Um, that, that's the kind of thing. So now you have the intimacy, the connection, you, you're speaking into people's lives. They are learning how to speak into other people's lives later on because, Hey, now I'm going to do for me what somebody did for me five years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago, I'm going to do that for the next generation. And so now it starts to come together, but this is an incredibly hard thing to get going. And once you get it going, it takes everybody's shoulder to put to the work to maintain it and keep it going in the vision to do that. Yeah, I could see that. And the commitment to it is going to pay off great dividends. You know, we, we as senior pastors are tempted to think about church attendance as being the measurement of success or, you know, finances or whatever. But Really, from the Great Commission perspective, it's the disciple-making that really indicates the success of a church. Exactly. And so what are the people from 18 to 29 saying? They're saying, one, that the church isn't substance enough. There's, there's, not, there's not real substance of things they, that feeds their soul and they can utilize in their world. The second thing they're frustrated about is there's not real intimacy and connection they're longing for and and if they go to church every sunday every sunday every sunday they're never going to get it and uh and so this is where we have to come in and say they are asking to be discipled that's basically what they're asking jesus has told us that was his focus uh that we would be disciples and we would disciple and so it just seems to me like this whole generation is forcing us to do what Jesus said originally, or we're going to lose this next generation. Isn't that interesting? They are asking for discipleship, but don't even know what it looks like yet. So they're really not knowing what they're asking for, except they know it's more than they have. And that's what they're hungry for. Yeah. And I think people in the church say, oh, I'm not adequate. I don't have a great marriage. I don't have, my kids aren't perfect. Um, you know, I, my finances, I wrestle with how to do it, to teach a financial management class. How would I do that? Um, and, and to understand, it's like, understand, you've got a little bit more than the guy that you're talking to, and you're going to both learn together and grow together. And uh, it's really about the connection and the intimacy. It's not being the perfect person or having all the answers. You can seek that out. But it's the connection that happens. Uh, in those one-on-one or those small group settings, and they can happen during the day, during the night, on weekends, during the service. I, I encourage during all our services, well, if they're 
in the discipleship thing for eight weeks on, on marriage, you're not going to be in the sanctuary hearing my sermon. It's like, understand, it, it's okay. That's not the focus. The focus is discipleship, connection, intimacy. That is the strength of the church. The information is readily available to this next generation at the, the click of a button. Yeah, and those hesitations that our generation would have, like you mentioned, inadequacy, my marriage isn't all that great, I'm struggling with my own finances. To me, that just gives the discipler, the older person like you and me, that gives us an opportunity to do two things. One is to be humble about our own situation. Yeah, you know, let's meet together. It's not like I'm coming from a position of being an expert, but let's talk about it together. And that humility will speak to the next generation. And then the second thing is in going through these subjects with different people, young people, we're going to grow in our own marriage and in our our own treatment of finances. I mean, it just kind of works that way. We get fed by the things that we're feeding. It actually hits another issue that irritates that group from 28 or 18 to 29. And that is the unwillingness to be transparent. Um, we, we put our Sunday go to meet and face on and how are you doing? Great. Fine. How are you doing? Great. Fine. We get in our cars and, and leave. Um, they see that as shallow. They see that as, as meaningless and, and they themselves are being forced to be that way. Makes them feel bad about themselves. And so, yes, I think discipleship, one of the things it does is, uh, make us say to the person we're becoming intimate with and, and growing in fellowship with saying, I am not teaching you out of some great spirituality or strength. I'm simply coming alongside maybe one step in front of you saying, we both need this. Let's work together on this. And we listen to uh, a video series and use the workbooks and you and your wife and or you and your friends. And, and then they say, hey, I... My, my friends down at the coffee shop, my friends in college are asking me the same questions. Can I bring them along? Absolutely. And, and so now they, they see not you in this position of power. Uh, they just see you coming alongside them, and they're able to come alongside you and, and grow together in these areas. That's their heart. That's a great formula. That's a great concept. It's not even a formula. It's really just an attitude. It's a, a way of approaching ministry. Well, Brian, we're out of time for today. Boy, this has been great as it was yesterday. And just to summarize the whole podcast series here, these two podcasts are about the subject of the youth and the young people leaving the church. But more importantly, the focus that has been brought into this discussion has been what is going to be done about it. And I think that Pastor Brian has given some tremendous and very directed ideas that can really help shape and change our thinking as older pastors to really get uh, some momentum in the direction of reaching the next generation. So I thank you for this, Brian. It's been wonderful, and pray that the Lord will really use this to strengthen uh, those that are hearing this podcast. God bless you, man. Good to have you. Thank you. And that ends today's podcast Uh, series on the subject of the youth leaving the church. And so uh, we will be back at you again next week. God bless you, and may the Lord strengthen you and keep you in your ministry as a senior or lead pastor of his. 
Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Poyman Ministries. You can find us at poymanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or desire to connect with us, or if you have a comment or a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. Until we meet again, may you continue to be a strengthened pastor.